2: the bad signal podcast i hope you enjoyed that kevin o'connor interview for all you basketball heads out there he was a lot of fun but i have more fun on the daily i'd say about once a month i call into 790 the ticket down in miami he is the radio voice down there also does some stuff with the Heat. Jonathan Zazlow, say what's hey. up. Welcome to the show, hey. Friday guest.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've been waiting to join Bad Signal. I've been listening to the pod. I know you got the good guests. I'm uh, I'm excited.
2: Well, how are your Miami Heat looking, first and foremost? I know, I mean, listen, you do a lot of stuff from from your local station, and, and you do a lot of the Miami Heat pregame show, right? Yeah. The radio?
0: Yeah, I do the pregame, halftime, and postgame for uh for the Heat Radio Network. In addition to Zazzlon and Amber on the on the flagship ten to two every day. So yeah, I mean, look, this is uh this is a good time of year. Everything is picking up now. It starts to get a little bit busy. I do the games. You know, for the home games, we're in the arena. Okay, yeah. so so the entire broadcast team is in the arena. We had a preseason game at home earlier in the week, and it was. Really odd, you know? Yeah. And I was told that as well, where, because the game's in the bubble, I was doing from home, okay? I got a nice little home studio where I am right now, and I would watch the game, and I'm doing it from here, and I love it, okay? But I was told that when you're doing the game in the arena, compared to watching it on television, like, say, in the bubble, it's a world of difference. And I'll tell you, Courtney, it is... It was bizarre being in the... It felt like I was watching a pickup game. I mean, because it's cavernous and it's all the empty seats. And and you know what also adds to it is because the coaches this year and the coaching staff, they don't have to wear suits. You know, yeah. they're, they're able to dress down now. So wow. it really feels like I'm watching a pickup game because the coaches are not in the suits anymore. That was kind of weird.
2: That's really... It makes you wonder... And I think at this point, because I asked Devin McCourty, who was on our show, I don't know, a month and a half ago, I said, is it weird? You know, is it weird, this whole COVID transition? Is it weird to listen to, uh, yeah, the cavernous sounds of empty stadiums and empty arenas, and they're punching in that gnat sound? And I-, I thought it was hysterical the other night, the ch- the Chargers and the Raiders this, there was at one point where the game got so bad, even even the audio was confused. You know, I mean, like you can really hear every player on the field, but like I asked him, I said, "It, it doesn't make a difference." And he's like, "Well, I'm used to it." But other players have said it really affects a lot of parts of the game because you don't take out the intangibles, the intangibles of being in an arena, the intangibles of, listen, I covered, I, I was sitting next to you as a heat media member in 2013 when they, when they won it all and they beat the Spurs coming back game six, Ray Allen, all that's, I mean, like the energy of a basketball arena in crunch time, it really takes over the momentum of a game and, I really wonder if it's going to have an effect either way on the NBA play that's not in the bubble. I think they did a good job of kind of keeping them locked in in and the, and that smaller
0: space. But being out, being outside of, of the COVID bubble, I I, I don't know. It I makes a sense. difference not having the fans there. I mean, Amber and I talk about it on our show where, you know, the Heat obviously benefited from the bubble because – You know, take the series with Milwaukee, for instance. You know, Milwaukee was the number one seed. The Heat obviously would have been on the road uh, for most of the games that series. And so, you know, people are like, hey, do you think the Heat would have beaten Milwaukee? Is it it tainted that because the Heat got to play the games in the bubble with no home court advantage for anyone? And I'm like, yeah, the Heat benefited from that because here's the thing. If one team was able to have an advantage, literally. Home court advantage. If one team was able to have an advantage over the other, then, yeah, that would have helped Milwaukee. They would have had an advantage. But if both teams have an even playing field, which is what we had, then the Heat win, and we saw it. So, you know, all that talk about, hey, maybe it doesn't mean as much that the Heat beat them because they are on the bubble. No, it, it, it meant more because it was literally even. If one of the teams had an advantage, then maybe the Heat wouldn't have won. But this way, it was fair. So I loved the bubble. But it's uh it's strange now in empty arenas. It's weird.
2: Going back to that series with Boston, I just saw such a competitive edge with the Miami Heat bench. I mean, listen, I just I know how Pat Riley can architect and put together a team, and he seems to be doing it so precisely. It's like every pick that he gets um has been a home run. Tyler Hero, bam out of bio, um, just strategically, the way that they broke down. As the Celtics defense. And I mean, I think the Celtics really had their own demons and whether or not that came straight from Brad Stevens and his, you know, his inability to rally the team together to keep a, a locker room, even keeled because uh, you know, that those teams they were fighting each other late down the stretch. I mean, what, what edge did you see? Uh, you know, the Miami heat, I mean, were, were they, were they um, evenly matched or what did you see kind of late down that stretch? I certainly Uh, think when when Miami's kind of turned the corner and took over.
0: I look, those games were tight. Okay. It was, you know, one play here there in a couple of those games and most notably game number one, where, you know, Bam had, I mean, the greatest block I've ever seen. So if, if he doesn't block that shot, we know the Celtics wind up winning that game. So you're, you're an amazing superhuman play away from Boston going up 1-0. And, of course, you had the Tyler Hero game where he scores 37 points in game uh, in game four to go up 3-1. And that's your series. You're not coming back from that. But the Heat were just – it's not even about so much about how the Heat matched up against Boston. The Heat – and I know it sounds corny, but, like, they were so built for that type of scenario. Like, the Heat were never going to be the team who had the guys showing up to the bubble late. You saw that with the Clippers, okay? The Heat were never going to be the team that had the guys miss their COVID tests. So they had to sit out a couple of days like the Heat were the Heat are a very business like organization. Yeah, I compare
2: them. I compare them and the way that they run that organization to the grinding wheels of, you know, uh, the New England Patriots, Uh, the level of professionalism from top to bottom. You know, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying anything against the Celtics. I'm just saying I I understand what you're saying
0: because they were never going to be the team that had the player. Now, listen, there were a lot of social issues going on, which were super important. And it doesn't mean that the guys on the heat didn't care. But you were never going to have one of the guys on the heat say, I'm opting out because they take it as a business trip. They were Mm -hmm. all in it together for each other. And they probably feel like they're letting their teammate down. Okay, so again, it doesn't mean that they didn't care about the social issues going on because they do very much, but they were never going to be the team who had a couple of guys who were like, you know what, I think I'm opting out of the bubble. That was never going to happen. So it was it was a perfect scenario for a team like Miami that is totally built and was ready to play in an uncomfortable situation because it was it was an uncomfortable situation for everyone. But the heater like they prepare for that stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, in an unbiased opinion from yourself obviously being part of that miami heat basketball media cont- i what would i say contingency that that, that group down there uh, we talked about this with kevin o'connor the big bad east the eastern conference is now I mean, outside of the Lakers, I mean, yeah. it's it's become a powerhouse. And I think a lot of that centers around, I mean, not only having Russell Westbrook in, in the East now in Washington, but I think all eyes are on Philly and what Doc Rivers can do with that organization and whether or not James Harden, Fat James is going to demand a trade to go play for Doc. But how does, in your eyes, the balance of power switch to the powerful teams in the east and i mean also to remember outside of the nets i do think that the celtics have very high lofty expectations but i think that they're within reason even if kemba walker is not relatively healthy i think that that rotation and everything that they've that they've put together um you know with the pieces in the offseason I, I think the celtics have a real chance to turn the corner
0: The East is great. The East is really strong. You know, you look out West and you got the Lakers, obviously, but outside of the Lakers, I mean, you got other teams that are really good like Utah. Okay. The Clippers are going to be really good again, but you look over to the Eastern conference and I think there's a lot more intrigue there. Okay. Miami's going to be really good again. And I think that because Miami, you know, last played just a couple months ago and they bring back virtually the same club, I expect the Heat to come out of the gates like really fast and really strong. That's be a benefit for teams that bring back the same units. Okay, a team like Miami, uh, even a team like Denver out west, when you come back relatively the same, a team like Boston also, albeit you know Kemba's going to miss the first month or whatever it is. I, I think the Heat are going to come out really fast, but then you got a bunch of other teams like you mentioned Philadelphia, who obviously underachieved in a really big way last year. I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan. Okay, I'm but. Not- but that team, that that team can only get better than what they were last year. Okay, yeah. so I like Philly overall. Uh, Boston and Toronto are always going to be good as long as they got this group. But like you mentioned there, you know, there's Brooklyn, who is a fringe playoff team the last couple years. And now if you got a healthy Kevin Durant, I mean, they're a top four or five team easily. Yeah. You got other teams like Atlanta. Trey Young continues to get better. They add Danilo Gallinari. And that team is going to be much improved also. Can they sneak into the postseason? And th- this is... And, and I'll tell you what, they got a couple teams that I think are going to be fun. I think Washington's going to be fun. That backcourt with Beal and Westbrook. I yeah. also think that Charlotte's going to be fun. They're not a playoff team, but I think LaMelo Ball is the real deal. I, okay. Yo, I
2: said the same exact thing. I said the same exact thing. And, you know, uh, 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 this is what Kevin said. He was like... Clearly, we know he's his ability to pass. But it's not only his pass, it's the finesse, you know? For such a young player, the finesse, it stands out. And it stands out in a big way. It remains to be seen whether or not Michael Jordan hit the ball out of the park. Aha, hit the ball out of the park. <laughs> With Lamelo third overall, I, I think that that is a very intriguing situation. I think he's the real deal. I, yeah. I,
0: look, and you get a kid like that who, who not only can control the floor because of his ball handling, but there's going to be a level of excitement that he brings to a franchise that is just boring. Okay, There is yeah. nothing to that franchise. And if he's going to be a flashy, exciting type player, that's a big deal for that franchise. I, I think it's the real deal and i'm not a am not a ball family fan okay you know levar you, you know <laughs> take him or leave him and and lonzo i don't, I, I mean i think he's a very i'm not average a
2: fan player. of lonzo either
0: very average player yeah. but lamelo i think is the real deal
2: it always happens in that way the oldest sibling kind of leads the way and then the younger siblings they start to pick up uh you know at a younger age than the older ones and they typically tend to be the ones that are more athletic
0: yeah, I, I, I think the Eastern Conference is going to be great. I think you got some teams that got better. Uh, you know, there's also Indiana, who he didn't mention, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Indiana's going to look like. TJ Warren's hurt right now, and Victor Oladipo, I don't know if he's the same guy he was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But and, and then, of course, and I didn't even mention Milwaukee, who, of course, added Drew Holiday. But is, is, is the addition of Drew Holiday, does that make them, like, do they beat a Heat team? That beat them four games to one. Does Drew Holiday make you defeat Miami when you only took one game off them? So the Heat just match up really well with the Bucs. The Bucs are going to be really good again. But if the Heat were to see the Bucs in the playoffs, I still like the Heat.
2: Moving on to some football. Speaking of the big, exciting teams down there, I know that you guys are just loving. It's funny because I flipped open my Twitter page to send you the link for this podcast. By the way, Jonathan Zaslow, if you're just tuning in, seven ninety the ticket in Miami. He's got everything going on down there. I've been a guest on your show a bunch of times, and I was looking at a conversation back in 2017 where I called in and was raving about Tom Brady, and people got hella mad because I was saying he was... I, Rightfully so. This was in 2017 before he won his sixth Super Bowl. And I said, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. He wound up going to the Super Bowl. Of course, they lost that Super Bowl to the Philadelphia Eagles. Is the Tom Brady hate still big down there? Or are they kind of accepting the fact that, hey, he's just on the other side of the coast and he's in the other division, so we don't really care. Well, we have you on the show a lot now.
0: But I think that may have been like, it may have been the first time that we were having you on regularly. Okay, we've had you on when I was hosting with Joy Taylor, of course, but that was once Joy had left and Amber Wilson became my co-host. I think that may have been like the first time I had you on in this version of our show. And I and- think
2: I think I went after, Amber said something in such a way that like it was, kind of, people were messaging you and they were like, damn, there was a cat fight. Like, both of us were going, I was like, Amber, no. And and people were, like, freaking out because they thought that we were literally live bitching at each other on on the radio.
0: Oh, well, the listeners love, we we have a lot of female guests on our show. Uh, I take a lot of pride in that. I love doing the show with a female. I like having the female guests. Uh, I used to be a bit of a caveman, but I've evolved, which is what most, uh, you know, adult you know, beings do. You evolve throughout your life. And I love having women on the show, okay? They're just as important to the sports media as the men are. But every time that we have a female on the show, you get that reaction from the fan base because she loves to argue. I mean, she's also an attorney, so she loves to argue. So any opportunity that she gets to debate with someone, it sounds like an argument. She doesn't back down. You don't back down. And then it becomes a cat fight. And, you know, the, and the, 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 texters think that there are pillows involved and it's, it, there's pajamas and it's girls having a, a cat fight.
2: Uh, the, uh, that so, sounds, yeah. that sounds like, uh, you know, Tootsie space. Yes. It's easy. Yes. It's easy yes. to imagine, you know, that, that time down there, people, their, their eyes wandering in their but imagination. As far as,
0: as, as far as Brady goes, uh, it's not a topic of conversation at all this year. It really is out of sight, out of mind. Like he's not a wow. problem anymore. You know, like nobody cares down here about Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, we got the we got the Patriots this weekend, obviously, and it's not even just about. Dolphins need to go three and zero. I, I think, to make the playoffs, even though right now they're they're in the wild card spot and they control their own fate, but they need to go 3-0 to wind up holding off Baltimore because Baltimore's schedule is super favorable. The Dolphins' schedule is tough beginning with this weekend. So it's not even just about trying to make the playoffs, but the first game of the year against New England, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was our starter, and Cam Newton came out. The gates looked great that first game, ran all over the Dolphin defense, and it was super disappointing. Because it's like, man, they're still kicking our ass, even though there's no Brady anymore. But the Patriots are a much different team since then. And the Dolphins are definitely a much different team since then. So it, it really is, for me, it's kind of like an attitude where you need to beat the Patriots this year. Like, the Patriots yeah. are down, and you need to kind of, like, and, and now, obviously, Tonga Baloa is our starter. And it's like, it's, it's time to kick their ass, okay? You know, like, like, it's enough. It's enough. They beat us the first game. There's no more Brady there. It's time to kick their ass. And they need to look up at the Dolphins in Buffalo for the next few years.
2: Okay. You know what? I like that. And on that note, you know, Bill Belichick is looking at this Miami Dolphins team and he's watching how he was just absolutely pants and spanked. I mean, the Patriots, they sucked and they blew. They blew and they sucked a thousand times over in that game against the Rams. It was a national embarrassment. And you don't think that Bill Belichick is going to sit there with a familiar foe and Brian Flores. And I think this game is one of the most intriguing matchups of the weekend. Of course, you got Drew Brees, which was, you know, he now just, well, they announced that he was going to be starting. Against, yep. And Alex Smith the, of the Washington football team, he's not going to be starting. I mean, there's a lot of intriguing storylines, but I, I find this to be one of the more interesting is how much is bill going to grind his teeth and put the absolute all out blitz and lockdown to a tongue of Iloa because he has an opportunity. Now you don't think that he has the inside scoop on what he, what he's all about from his guys in college football. This is a big game for the Patriots as well, because Bill Belichick has a lot on the line, and not only in the bragging rights, but you know, early December games, those would always be my favorite when I was working at NBC, sitting down in the stands, and the Patriots would always struggle to go down there, Tom Brady in particular. But this is a game with, I mean, familiar, familiar instincts, familiar people, and a real opportunity for Belichick to really turn things around and throw the ball back in, in Brian Flores' face because he does not want to walk out of this season with an even or a losing record.
0: Yeah, no, it'll ruin the Dolphins' season if, if they lose this weekend. Like I said, they need to go 3-0, okay? if they So if they lose this weekend and their final two games, Miami is at Vegas uh, on national TV. It's a Saturday night game. And then at Buffalo, who is going to have something to play for still on the final game of the season. Dolphins' final three games are brutal, okay? And there's a couple things to play with Belichick. Number one, their last game was a Thursday night game. So Belichick had a few extra days.
2: That's what I'm saying.
0: Ten days days off. Right. So he had a few extra days. And we know what Belichick, how good he is against the rookie quarterbacks. I love Tua. He, I I think he's been great so far, been a couple of games where he won so great, but overall, I'm super excited about two. I mean, we haven't had this, you know, it's, it's been 20 plus years. We're trying to replace Dan Marino. Okay. And this is the guy, but he's still a rookie and it's the first time he's going to face a Belichick who, you know, is going to try and confuse him out there. So I think this is a really difficult game this weekend for Miami and it totally ruins their season if new England wins.
2: It's interesting. I'm looking at some of the odds for coach of the year, and Ron Rivera and Brian Flores are pretty close together at plus 350, plus 430. Then, of course, you got Andy Reid, Kevin Stefanski, who really, in my eyes, gets the vote. And the list goes on Sean McDermott, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Frank Reich, Mike Vrabel, et cetera, et cetera. Convince me that Brian Flores is going to win coach of the year? Because to me, it's it's a two-man race between Ron, Ron Rivera and Kevin Stefanski.
0: Okay, so let me say something real quick about Rivera. Uh, what Rivera's done is fantastic. <laughs> the, the least of which being fighting through cancer and coaching the football team. But they're going to win that division with seven or eight wins. Like, I, I, I can't, you know, if Philadelphia or Dallas were having a normal season, they win 10 or 11 games, and Rivera, who's doing a great job, wins seven or eight games, he's not getting coach of the year consideration. He's getting the consideration because they're going to win the division, the worst division ever, okay? Mm-hmm. Doesn't take away from what a great job he's did, but I got to cross him off the list. I think it's a three- A, a
2: competitive division at that, though. They might all be dog shit teams, but, I mean, it's do- it's dogs going back to their own vomit every single week. You got to yeah. give the yeah. NFC some credit. Come on. Yeah, I, I give them him credit,
0: but the other teams are so bad, okay? Now- Uh, Tomlin now they've lost two games you're off the list out out. out, okay for me it's three guys okay it's Flores Stefanski and McDermott I think McDermott's gonna win it okay I think Flores should win it I think McDermott's going to win it because that Bills team they're gonna win 12 or 13 games all right you win 13 games in the NFL you know that with the Patriots course but you win 13 games in the NFL you had an incredible season they're going to win twelve or thirteen games, and the most important thing is the jump that Josh Allen has made yes. from last year now to this year. So Stefanski has obviously done a real good job in Cleveland, but can you really say that Baker has go- has made a huge jump? He's getting better as the season goes on, but he hasn't made the jump that Josh Allen has made. Okay, okay. So I'm I go with him, especially because and it's not his fault, but Cleveland may win the division. They're still behind Pittsburgh. Buffalo's going to win the division with 12 or 13 games. I think McDermott's going to win it. I don't really have a problem with it. But Flores, I mean, he better get a bunch of votes, okay? Because the job that he has done, where last year you were talking about how you listen to the folks on television, the Dolphins, Flores, they're putting people in danger. It's immoral what they're doing. They're tanking. And that was not only never the case, but they said, screw it not only are we not tanking to get the number one overall pick, we're going to win five of our final nine games, okay, and drop all the way down to number five. But it's okay, because I happen to think that if that didn't happen last year, the Dolphins wouldn't be in the position they're in today. Meaning, they would have been exactly like a team like the Bengals, where maybe you get the great prospect in Burrow, that team sucks, okay? They, they're they still not winning. Oh, that team what was
2: terrible. F- yeah, team that team sucks. was awful. It, basically, Joe Burrow was a Band-Aid over an absolutely awful Cincinnati team. I and mean, Not only that, but leadership issues. I was seeing even uh, one of the coaches for the Miami Dolphins, former coach Lou Amarumo, is the defensive coordinator for the Bengals and I've heard some crazy stuff about things that he's said to players and people in the organization and them not buying in and I mean it's just terrible like a bad situation there just not good chemistry and when you can't buy into the culture I think that's the worst part
0: he's changed it so fast Brian Flores and and that brings me to the point where if they would have won one or two games last year, they're not in the position they're in right now. The fact that they finished so strong, it showed everyone there. Listen, this coach, not only does he know what he's doing, but you go back a couple of weeks ago, when he went out there, he wanted to fight the Bengals coaches. The I, you know what, plays. I love that.
2: Yes. People love yes. it. They love that That's, it. The, bro- love that's it. the Bronx. That is the Bronx. And I was just about to mention that. The best thing that I love about Brian Flores this year is like, he wants all the smoke. He goes out and he wants all of
0: it. I was at the game. So you don't necessarily see this if you're watching on television, but I'm at the game and Flores comes walking out onto the field to check. He didn't walk out on the field looking for a fight. He walked out on the field trying to check on Jakeem Grant. And once he got toward Jakeem Grant, somebody on the other side must have said something. And then he started power walking toward the Bengals bench. And what happened, which you don't see if you're watching on television, at that moment when he started power walking toward the Bengals bench, the entire Dolphins sideline jumped up and ran onto the field. They were all—they they see their coach, who's now mixing it up with these other guys and is yelling at them. And they ran out there behind him. I thought it was such a cool scene, and I think that if the Dolphins went just one or two games last year and you got all the tanking stuff around them, I don't think they're in the position that they're in right now. Like this is a really good team, and while you got a lot of people who. Uh, are not necessarily sold on Tuatonga Tonga Valoa yet, which is fine. He's only started five or six games. There is nobody who doesn't believe that Brian Flores is going to be the coach of this team for a really long time.
2: As I'm looking at my phone and I'm getting into Instagram arguments with clowns. What? Saying that, yeah, people are, Flores is a fine candidate, but not yet. I mean, because I agree with you. And they're telling me, basically, oh yeah when when the raven when the Browns can re- beat the Ravens come and call me, I'm sorry, it's not like that that game didn't go down to the wire on Monday night. Anyone that that game against the Ravens and the browns could have could have been a jump ball.
0: am I wrong yeah I, I I think it's I think it's those three teams I really do, and I think expectation matters as well where it's like okay, to, when the Browns beat the Ravens call me or the Dolphins are not ready for it yet. The Dolphins weren't supposed to be any good this year. The Dolphins weren't supposed to be a playoff team yet. And the Browns missed the playoffs last year too. And the Browns are, listen, I hate Cleveland, all right? But but the Browns are right behind, like the Browns may wind up winning that division. They're only a game back yeah. at this point. And nobody would have said that they should be winning that division. Because you would have thought of it in Baltimore, not Pittsburgh. But yeah. the expectations matter. And those teams are, have far succeeded. They're far surpassed their expectation this year.
2: Who's your Super Bowl favorite and pick? I guess it's just easy at this point that the Chiefs are going to win it all. The Chiefs are the surefire favorite. I'm just not sure. I don't know, man. I I was saying this with Nick Costas in this episode tomorrow, and he was like, you know what? If Taysom Hill plays in this game against the Chiefs this weekend, I almost like their chances better than if Drew Brees comes back. One hit to Brees, it could be over for him. And you don't really know what kind of Drew Brees you're going to get. Expectations are high. The Packers have typically not been able to sustain leads deep in a postseason run. I'm curious what Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers have cooked up for them, their postseason matchups. The NFC is a far inferior conference. I I think that it's got to be the Chiefs in
0: a runaway. The Chiefs feel a lot like the Golden State Warriors did for those five years in the NBA where there is no way you're picking against them. There has to be a major injury with the Warriors. There was a major injury to Thompson and Durant. Like, there has to be a major injury for them not to beat the Raptors, and that's what happened. And it feels the same way with the Chiefs. There has to be a major injury, and it's really just a major injury to one guy, okay? It has to be Mahomes. There has to be a major injury. Otherwise, it's you go Kansas City or the field, you gotta take Kansas City. So mm-hmm. Kansas City, you like in the AFC. I had the Saints before the season started, but Breeze at this point is too brittle. You don't know if he's gonna make it through the postseason. They got the great defense, but the offense, you don't know. So we had Peter King on, on our show, Zazlo and Amber the other day, and he was talking about Mahomes and, and, and Aaron Rodgers. And I said to him, and I've been saying this all year. Mahomes is great, but are we sure that Aaron Rodgers is not still the best quarterback in the NFL? I, I think he is. I mean, say that. yep, I think he is. Like it doesn't matter who you got Rodgers out there throwing with, and I know Devonte Adams is great. I know this, all right. But Mahomes, he's got incredible weapons around him, and Rodgers gets it done no matter who is around him. I'm not trying to take away from Mahomes. I'm just not so sure that Rodgers isn't still the best quarterback in the NFL. I couldn't
2: so- agree with you more. And I just got to jump in right there because I previewed this show by saying Rodgers gets my vote for MVP. I'm sorry. Patrick Mahomes, uh, he's got to show me. It's He looks like a little kid playing with his food right now. Time to step up. Time to put these teams away. If you want to build a, a strong lead, build it early. Because... The Chiefs need to be dominating these teams going into the postseason. And to be honest, look at the Chiefs roster. Pick of the litter. The creme de la creme. The best wide receivers. The Packers, they aren't that lucky. But you know what Aaron Rodgers does? He maxes out every single guy. It's like he utilizes them and he utilizes them to the max. And he puts... The hand of God on the football to help them catch. And I mean, he's putting up like four touchdowns a game. I don't think there's been anyone that's been more consistent this season. And in my eyes, I mean, he, we'll see how this, how the rest of the, the last three games of the season play out. But in my eyes, I, I'm putting my money on Aaron Rodgers winning MVP. Mahomes
0: and Rodgers would be such a good Super Bowl. It'd be a lot of fun.
2: It really would. It really would. Do you have any final thoughts? I know we're having we're having like um, robot issues here on the podcast.
0: We, we got, got robot, robot. issues.
2: I, I feel like no. What is it, like the episode of ET? It must be ET. Or I'm thinking about some movie where it's like the, the aliens are communicating with each other, like <laughs> Independence Day. Don't is that oh, Independence yes, Day? Yes. Oh no no or Men in Black. Men in Black. When I think when I think Will Will Smith walks into the the pawn shop and then the guy has yeah, he takes off his mask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and when they're communicating with each other, it's like (laughs) that's that's what that's what our sound is uh, is sounding like. But uh, my my good buddy John from Scranton, is gonna he's gonna jump in and he's gonna make sure that everything is a. We're gonna make it beautiful. Uh, We're gonna
1: make it beautiful. (laughs) Sorry.
2: (laughs) Oh, uh, Jonathan Zaslow, it was so fun. I loved yeah, thank sports you. with you. It's a, you know what? This is definitely gonna be it's a perfect preview. Oh okay. Preview predictions for this weekend's Patriots game. I'm gonna say
0: 27
2: 21 New England.
0: I got dolphins 21 20. That's thrilling.
2: Okay, ooh, ooh, okay. God, I really hope that Cam Newton can at least do something. It's so it's so sad watching him play football and the way that he's regressed. Don't we got a lot on the line bullshit. this weekend. We got a I lot know. on the line. All right. Well, I we should put some we should put a wager on that at the, at the Guitar Hotel. Hard rock hotel. Oh, the Seminole, not too far from the 790 stations. You can catch him on 790 the ticket it is a radio.com station so um this was fun thanks for joining me yeah thank you, you, your Friday.
0: thank you Courtney. all right
2: john right now I'm, I'm still fighting with these little bitches on instagram i He's
1: know like you real. you have i said halfway through this thing you like you could tell like a fire lit in your eyes you're like I- i'm like oh shit she's done she's <laughs> <laughs> and then the audio <laughs> issue happened. I was, I, that cracks me up. A good actually, dude. That guy's you know, a good guy. He, at least he, he participated in the shit we just had to go through, but people oh won't hear God. that, what we just had to go through.
2: Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, literally, it sounded like an alien talk, but it's funny. It's it,
1: you, you were dead on with the men in black thing. It was like, uh, we, when he walks different. into the pawn shop and like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah,
2: perfect. and the guy's head like goes down. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, Um. No, it's funny because I feel like you've been, We've been close enough for the last couple of months. Obviously, no, yeah. after, Will, after Will departed the show, you know the the, the Aries fire that ignites <laughs> under my ass. You're like, like these
1: little bitches. Sorry, no, it's
2: like, <laughs> it's just, I mean, listen. I don't. To, I think everyone needs to go to therapy, but I mean, yeah. I know the triggers for me. <laughs> something happens like i see another fucking fake account or someone screenshotting a video with my face by the way there are no bad videos of me on the internet screenshot away welcome.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. enjoy i hope people people screenshot screen the mind. people screenshot anybody in the world and find Dude, a bad picture I of them
2: don't care and you yeah. know what oh need more botox in my face yeah you know what that little line on my neck that you said that i swallowed a coke straw yeah that's about 250 dollars botox if you want to shoot me over some money yeah, venmo
1: venmo's are yeah, open venmo we can some build, money. I, i'll take some i'll i'll take half of this nose off right now if i oh,
2: oh yeah yo send me send me 250 i'll get that relaxed, that muscle relax and you know what it will just be clear off of your mind uh, this was a
1: long one today we have we had two good interviews.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. And for everyone that's listening to this right now, stick around for this Nick Casas shit. It's so funny because he goes from zero to 500 so fast. And I mean, we were motoring through that show. It was yeah. crazy.
1: He is like, I, I, after we got off with him, I realized when we were done, I just, I, I clicked in and my, my face was on screen. And I was just had like a, a, like a face of awe. I was like, wow, you are a machine, man. That's all I, said. I mean, he doesn't came in. And
2: like your eyes were wide. I like, I go, John's
1: freaking out. I was like, and he just has like an on switch too. He just turned it on. And I was like, wow.
2: Oh they uh God. the, the
1: minifans call him little alex jones and he uh he, he has a motor like alex jones man no, he I mean, fucking I've, goes
2: i've i've known him i've known him since i was 21 years old so mm-hmm. 12 years yeah I he seems like a terms- good guy
1: he works hard too it seems like he's with radio.com
2: he's with everyone i mean he was listing off all of those shows there was the summer that uh, this was the for my first in in the industry. Going into my senior year, I applied for an internship at Sirius XM NFL radio. I had no experience. So Mm -hmm. I had to apply for this internship and convince them that I deserve to be on air. And it was me. And for those of you who know in the New York City area, John Jastrzemski, who is now a major voice for WFAN, it was like the epic intern class. It was me, John Jastrzemski, and a couple others who really made it in the industry. But Nick was like one of the top producers he was adam mm-hmm. shine's producer and um i mean that was when sirius xm was like really kicking off it was mm-hmm. really starting to become a staple in the industry now i mean it's just it's so sleepy and everyone yeah. with podcasts is just departed. well podcast
1: is just destroying the industry i mean there's going to be it's, it's more or less saturating it showing the fact that it's just bloated and it's just yeah. kind of thinning itself out right now but I mean, you're getting the benefit out of the podcast, at least still. And stuff like this, these interviews can happen and crossover stuff can happen more easily because of podcasts. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see.
2: Yeah. Well, I've gotten a bunch of jobs already from stuff that we've put out from the Bad Signal podcast. Mm -hmm. So we thank you guys for sticking with us. And it's only going to get better. One final note that I just have to say. So (laughs) something just made me like kind of rocked my world this morning. We were recording with Nick Costas. It was a little after 8.30 in the morning. I had a new cleaning lady that I was bringing into my apartment. You know, things are, I mean, I've lived here for three months. I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I just need all the dust everything cleaned i need the floors mops like
1: please. i have one of those built in at my house thank god carm's carm just powers away at that stuff oh, i have one yeah. built in it's the best
2: you, <laughs> it's the best that's, that's why you get married
1: please, yeah please. exactly <laughs> exactly it's it's the small things it's the small yeah. th- it's not ha- holding hands it's that stuff
2: <laughs> yeah so i this morning i let this girl in and i just was you know i she came recommended from someone else because i've had oh i had a watch that was stolen from me in mm-hmm. miami I just this the the biggest I'll never forget it and I still think about that watch and like, I it just it breaks my heart so like very few people are allowed to come in my house especially with just like you know mm. recommendations and this girl comes to my house and I, I like walked in we were doing this show and I was like this girl is gorgeous like this girl comes yeah. in <laughs> she's beautiful
1: she's a rocket
2: she <laughs> He has this beautiful dark brown hair, perfect lashes, with yeah. like, a, like a perfectly black paper mask. And uh, I walk into the show and I go, Guys, I gotta tell you, like, this like, lady <laughs> is, is hot. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't wanna steal Costa's joke, but he's like, I've seen a lot of videos that start.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? That sounds like the start of a really great porn. <laughs> like, no shit. Literally.
1: Yep. yep.
2: I couldn't stop Lucky laughing. You. Lucky I you. Know,
1: yeah. I hope she cleans good. I mean, if it even matters at that point, she could be the worst clean.
2: <laughs> no, she, I mean, listen, it was a hundred bucks. And yeah. it, I mean, it's not like squeaky clean, but I mean, it's damn, it's damn clean. So
1: this brings you know? up when I was, when I was younger, I actually had a cleaning lady uh, my whole life and her name was Clocha. Her, uh She was from Brazil and she cleaned with nothing but white vinegar and till this day I can't be in a house with white vinegar even in it I can't like she used to come on Saturdays and I used to just leave my house the whole day I couldn't like my mom knew it and she was an awesome cleaning lady and like she had her like after she did our house like her daughter did our house like and but they all they just cleaned with white vinegar and water and that's it and it's like yeah it cleans real good but it's like yo my house smells like vinegar it stinks (laughs) like I hate that smell I oh. hate, but I mean, after a day, it's gone, but it's like, oh, I don't know. I hate that. No,
2: I feel you. I totally yeah. feel you. The best part is like when you're walking, I was just walking up the stairs. I
1: opened mm-hmm.
2: the door of the building that I live in. And I could smell how clean it was from down. Oh,
1: that's down. good. That's the best. Like uh, No free ads, but my, Carm uses Fabuloso, that purple stuff. Oh, that's like anytime so you open.
2: What do you? Uh, yeah. that's such a Spanish move, like you know. Oh,
1: anytime you open, anytime you open that bottle, you're just like, "Whoo, it smells Ooh. good in here." <laughs> yeah, you're just like, "Whoo," you know, like, that hits you like hard liquor, man. That yeah. stuff hits you like hard liquor.
2: That's like the stuff that they make fun of in like the pedo, like, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Why? Well, you know, when use, your mom use that stuff,
1: I use that stuff. And we use the the yellow spray from Dollar General, yellow spray. I don't I think yeah. it, it's like L.A. fabulous or something like that. And it's like, you know, you, you spray this once in a slow in, or a small enclosed space. You'll start coughing your brains out. It's like all poison. It's all poison.
2: <sighs> it's good oh, stuff, though. It's good oh, stuff. Good, good stuff. I <laughs> think and, lemon and, and some incense.
1: There you go. That worked. If I mean, a, you work a, too. like
2: Hello Santa, then I mean everything. <laughs> well, this was fun. This yeah. was super fun. Yo, do you know who? By the way, first of all, everyone needs to go listen to the Nick Casas interview tomorrow. Enjoy your NFL Saturday. Two games, multiple games on Sunday, and then we got a game on Friday on Christmas next week. We have Jerry Thor. I hopefully he confirms. He was supposed to be on Monday. We have Jerry Thornton joining the show that's so-
1: one guy that's one guy like i have so many questions for <laughs> like honestly like i don't i i don't even he's like i i've always read his blogs i felt like he is i'm into barstool he is like an og barstool guy so like i love jerry thor and he's just has been the most authentic guy i've seen like till this day he just seems like a good dude
2: so there are what was I gonna so there are videos that I used to do with, with Fitzy, the shit Pat's mm-hmm. hand say videos. Yeah. So I stepped in when Barstool basically would not allow Jerry Thornton to join the videos yeah, anymore. Cause the
1: WEI stuff, right?
2: Yeah. The WEI stuff. And no, this was before he we had WEI. They just didn't okay. want him. To, uh, they just, they just yeah. basically all. So you have to go back and I have to, I'm going to send you this link. There are the outtakes of the last video that Jerry Thornton did, mm-hmm. and they made a joke about. I mean, they these they're so funny, but basically they're like uh, they made a joke about someone's grandma dying, and mm-hmm. like listen, grandma grandma left it all on the field, like the <laughs> darkest shit ever. And the, the outtakes of this of this episode were so unbelievably funny they i hear a so lot of funny.
1: people give that fitzy guy shit but like i watched that one video you sent me of when you were on that and he's yeah. a funny guy he's a funny guy
2: he's really funny yeah, I he just, works you with know some I,
1: funny people too
2: there's yeah georgie Kip. i i asked mm-hmm. to join but he's got like a major he works for the postal service so he can't oh, pay, really
1: that's can't a be on, big job be on
2: all right that's a big job this time of the year oh i know right i think he works in like the <laughs> government postal service yeah. so people bid bitch- complaining about their packages it's uh you know <laughs> uh, i'm just gonna end this by um i ordered another bunny james box
1: and i'm <laughs> gonna
2: you? go downstairs and go pick it up yep
1: did you i so i got one for my roommate for uh christmas i got the um i got the jerky and it came in and oh. I, I i kept it all myself i bought i had to buy another one dude i swear to god the dude. jerky was so good
2: so one of our listeners uh brandon wilkes shout out to my guy he waited like months to get his bunny james (laughs) box mail. he he messaged me he goes holy shit my my wife is obsessed with this listen this is not just a whack-ass partnership that we have here i just gotta tell you this is the real deal go to (coughs) bunnyjames.com Type in bad signal 15, you get 15% off and uh, free shipping. And it's, I mean, this is just legit. Mm-hmm. Just and like,
1: we're close people. to them too. Like if, if there's like ha- what happened with Brand- Brandon, like we were, we talked to, uh, we I talked to the owner solved. immediately and got it solved immediately. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. these are good people. They're close to us. We love them. Um, we use them. So use yeah. them. All right. So <laughs>
2: on that note, I'm going to go downstairs and eat my dinner at 3.40 on
1: Friday.
2: It's <laughs> true.
1: I could not foresee this thing happening to you. If I look hard enough into the setting sun, my love will laugh with me before the morning comes. I see
0: a red door and I want it painted... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.